Omnimas Luna, we are in the service. Rewind it back. Back to the Sunday Rewind with Tom and Mike on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. He's Mike Melby, Tom Stevens here. It's Husker Rewind every Sunday from 5 to 7 when we don't get interrupted by Broncos football, but they played earlier today, right? Yeah, they played. I know they won. Uh, Broncos win versus Jacksonville. That's right. That was the uh, game in London this week where uh, the Broncos played football. Nebraska played in Lincoln, Nebraska, of course, uh, versus Illinois Saturday night, and they fall at the hands of the Illini and Brett Bielema 26-9 to as we welcome in Sean Callahan of Husker Online presented by uh, On3. Hi, Sean. How are you? I hope he's there. Is he there? Did we lose him? Are you there, Sean? Now let me try it one more time. Are you there? Okay. Okay. Yeah, sorry yeah, about. Yeah. Oh, sorry you about just, that. Uh, hung up on me when you switched me over. Oh, okay. Uh, well, uh, I'm a te- I'm a technician that's uh, still working on the skills there. Uh, <laughs> Sean joins us. Uh, you saw the game. Nebraska physically dominated the line of scrimmage again, and when Casey Thompson went down. They fall at the hands of Illinois 26-9. to And we wonder, maybe if Mickey could get to six, he could somehow win this job. What, what, are the, what are the odds in your mind that Nebraska can get to six wins for Mickey Joseph? Oh, it, it's going to be pretty dang tough. I mean, I think they're 11-point dogs Saturday. They're going to be 20-some, 30-some point dogs at Michigan. Uh, Wisconsin's going to be favored. Iowa will be favored. I mean, you're asking a team that's going to be underdog probably in all four of these remaining games to win three of the four, which um, in just a parlay world, you'd win a lot of money if you put that bet in. So um, <laughs> it's an underdog bet to go that route. And, you know, we don't know even for sure if Trev was thinking along those lines. He might have been. Um, Trev may already have his guy lined up. I think that still remains the X factor. Um, what is the search firm? Where's Trev Alwards? What, what, where are they at in this process? And they're not going to let anyone know. I mean, that's how these things work. Um, you know, and I think we kind of just assume Mickey definitely has a shot at it and still might, um, but it, we, we don't really know that either at this point, and it doesn't have a very good feel the rest of the way, especially if there's injury questions around Casey Thompson. Sean Callahan from Husker Online, presented by On3, joining us here on the Husker Rewind on 93.7 The Ticket. Sean, I want to ask you a little bit about recruiting because Mickey came out and he said, whether or not we're going to be the staff next year, it's unknown, but I can promise you right now we are going to leave this place better than we found it. How difficult is it for the kids that are – I mean, we know it's tough for the coaches to go out and say, I I can't promise you I'm going to be there, but – they're, but they're going to lay out the, the positives of coming to the University of Nebraska. I'm going to flip it over and ask you, how how is it for the kids right now? And, and what's it like being recruited by a school who has a, a staff full of coaches that may not be there next year? Yeah, it's, it's uh, interesting because I do think there's a lot of in-state guys in this class already, and that helps because most of those kids are committed to Nebraska, not a coach. And, and that's how you should go about recruiting um, you know, you should commit more to the school than the coach because a coach staying your whole career, um, the odds of that happening aren't high. And, and spots are at a premium with the transfer portal. A lot of kids, unless they're really, really premier recruits, aren't really in the market to sw- you know risk their spot in a class. It's, you know, a lot of people fill up in June and July, and right now they're not necessarily trying to take a lot of guys unless they know like. Yep, this is a really good guy we want to have. 
Um, I do think there's been a few guys approach in this class, but they've been able to hang on um, to everybody and add Malachi Coleman, um, which which has helped. But the reality is I think there's going to be quite a bit of shakeup here um, in, in the coming weeks. And, and I'm sure they'll, they'll lose a guy or two, but they're going to gain a bunch more. Um, it, it's going to be a wild ride no matter how you look at it. Sean Callahan of Husker Online presented by On3. It was not a big surprise when Bo Pelini was announced head coach. Big surprise when Bill Callahan was or Mike Riley was announced as the head coach. No surprise that it was Scott Frost. Are we going to be surprised by the names that show up and maybe ultimately the guy that gets the job at Nebraska? It feels that way, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. it really does have a feel that uh, you know this thing is going to be really um, – uh, a name we're not ready for, um, you know, more of a Mike Riley type feel in terms of way, you know, way surprised. When I think all that, Mike Riley, when he was announced, it was kind of one of those things you remember where you're at. Cause it was just so out of left field. I was in Beatrice at a I, restaurant that's not even open anymore, giving a speech. John Gaskins and, uh, were we found I, that out driving down. Yeah. was going out to Fremont, yeah. and we learned that he was the coach. And I, I get the sense that's going to happen on this one. Um, but you know, Iowa game will be Friday, and, and they probably that coach probably won't be named or announced or leaked until Saturday sometime the next day. It's going to go quick, though. Uh, there's not a lot of time to haggle knowing how nuts December 5th is going to be. The month of December will be the craziest month we've experienced, probably when you mix in full throttle NIL with full throttle transfer portal recruiting and coaching changes. Um, it's going to be wild. December fifth, in, in that period, will we'll, you have to have your your things ready to go because you could have a lot of things happen to your football team if you're not ready. Sean, I want to ask you. So I want to stick with the the coaching topic here. Do you think? Because you joke about we all know where we were, and I do. As soon as you said that, I'm like, I was sitting at my desk, and I remember when I saw the tweet. I was and, on the air with John Gaskins Riley. doing uh, a show here on the ticket from eleven to two, and I, I went nuts, thinking, "This is crazy. This kid, this can't be real. Well, this I can't be the guy they're the, going with." The first thing I did was double check the calendar to see if it was April first. Yeah, yeah. But, but Sean, the the words uttered. I'll leave one of the words out. Um, but the words uttered by most in Husker Nation were, are you kidding me? Yeah. Um, is it going to be an are you kidding me good or bad? Um, yeah, I, I think they're in a much better place. I think the, where they're at right now, like with this job, you've got the Big Ten money. And when you, if you're in the Big Ten of the SEC, you're all, you know, if, if you're in one of those 32 jobs, you're already at an advantage over the rest of the 131 teams in college football right now. The NIL in Nebraska is going to be top notch with um, the two collectives running, but particularly the 1890 initiative, fully funded by the Pete family in Lincoln and run by Matt Davison and Joe Selick. Um, that's going to give you a huge advantage uh, with what you're doing in the new facilities. So I think. This job, as it's presented with all of those elements, it's never been more attractive um, compared to maybe the last few times. I do think when Bill Callahan came in, it was an attractive job because they were just, you know, three years removed from playing in the Rose Bowl for the mm-hmm. National Championship right. when 2004 rolled around, and um, they were only like seven years removed from winning the title. So I think at that time it was probably more attractive uh, when you look at the distance between championships, but. Now, with all the other added things, you're going to give whoever takes this job um, 
anything possible they need to win with all the things I just mentioned. Sean Callahan of Husker Online presented by On3. So it feels like the stock market every week. You know, for a, one, for a while we all thought, oh, it's going to be Matt Campbell, and now they've lost five in a row. So maybe it's not Matt Campbell, or maybe it's not Lance Leipold because Kansas has lost three in a row. Or Oklahoma State, who wants Gundy? You know, they're coming off the loss to Kansas State. They just get, you know, that. you know how fans think. What names to you make most sense for Nebraska right now? I wish I had a great read, but I mean, I think the obvious ones are still up there. Uh, Mark Stoops I, 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 at Kentucky, Dave Doran, he's a Kansas City native at North Carolina State. Uh, I think he's long looked at this job, and I think he's a great coach. Bill O'Brien naturally is going to be mentioned. Lance Leipold, I think Chris Kleiman. Um, you, you can go down the line of people out there. I mean, that's kind of where I start um, in, in the conversation right now, and I'm, I'm sure there's other names that I'm not even thinking about. I mean, I, I do think Luke Fickle, I, 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 he should be included, but he, I just have a hard time thinking he'd go there because he turned down Michigan State already. Uh, but may, maybe with the landscape and the way things have changed, um, he's all on board, but maybe now that they're in the Big 12, he really likes it. And the fact that the Big 12 is going to have a path to the playoff every year, maybe he wants to keep staying at Cincinnati. So, there's a lot of guys like Luke Fickle that you know you would consider a home run. It just is Luke Fickle going to leave when he's turned down multiple jobs? Uh, Dave Aranda um, is somebody that everybody has continued to mention, um, but he kind of falls in that stock market of he won, then he lost, and he won, and he lost. And you know, it's almost an unhealthy game that we play every week. Like, oh, he lost, he's out. Oh, he won, he's up, he's up. Um, and you know, like I said earlier, Trev might already know what he's going to do at this point. And is not really looking at, obviously, week-to-week wins and losses. Hey, Sean, I want to ask you about a comment that Trev made the, the, when he announced that Scott Frost was, had been let go. He made the comment that he's not making this hire to win the press conference of the hire. Did, did that give you any inkling as to was he trying to foreshadow something or was it just simply a statement where he's like, look, I don't care who the latest guy is. I'm going to hire who I think is the best person for the job. Or do you think there was like a little, was that just him quietly you know, foreshadowing something? Um, I, I just think he, he was making a statement. I, I don't think he was foreshadowing necessarily anything. Cause I don't, I don't know a on September 10th, that he knew he was firing Scott Frost on September 11th. So it's really hard, um, you know, for you to think that he had all of that already in a row. Because I do think if they would have beaten Georgia Southern, he wouldn't have fired Scott Frost. And, and they were pretty dang close to still winning that game for as bad as they played. I mean, they, they just needed to get a stop at the end. And I don't know if they would have fired him. And so that even makes that more intriguing um, at that point. Because what happens if he... Scott Frost would have beat Georgia Southern and then um, beat Rutgers and in, in Indiana like Mickey. But obviously the Oklahoma game could have gotten fired the next week. It could have been just as bad the next week. So um, it's really hard to say uh, Trev's thought process, um, you know, and where he's at. But he's got a search firm, and, and, and I think they're probably doing their best to keep him up to speed on everything. Well, he did give a few clues away, I thought, Sean. Sean Callahan, Husker Online, that he wants a guy that doesn't necessarily have a bunch of hobbies, that doesn't play golf. Uh, that that kind of tells you something. You're out of the job race, Tom. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I because I was really being considered there for a while, but uh, he doesn't want a guy that spends any time really on the golf course. That he wants 
uh, a physical football team. He talked about football still being a gladiator sport. Um, does does that point to anybody on your list? I mean, a lot of people are going right to Brett Bielema because that's the latest thing, but Brett Bielema is not coming here, right? Yeah. No, he's not coming here. Yeah, I think Illinois will do whatever they have to to keep him now. Josh Whitman finally has a football coach. They've had some bad ones at Illinois the last few times around. I mean, you think about the time, the 12 years we've played in the Big Ten now in Nebraska, Illinois, this is far and away the best they've been. And they've got an Illinois native, Brett Bielema, coaching him. And he's got a role in there. I, I just can't imagine him leaving because Nebraska, you know, whatever they would offer, I think Illinois would match and he would stay there. So, you know, another name I, I didn't mention or forgot to mention was like Kyle Whittingham. I do think he was somebody early on in the discussion uh, that was thrown out there. And, you know, with the uncertainties of the Pac-12, is is he, you know, would this be an opportune time for him to look elsewhere? I mean, I think he's another name. I mean, Trev's got a real chance to hit a home run here. I mean, I think there's a lot of good names because of all the things I mentioned earlier that are going to get the attention of a lot of these guys out there. Thank you for saying that there's a lot of home runs out there. I have heard several people that go, well, well, this is a horrible year to hire a coach. There's nobody good available. And it's like, well, time out. Why does he need to be available? I mean, if Lincoln Riley can go to USC from Oklahoma, you don't have to be available. So thank you for saying that there's a lot of home runs out there, because I think there is, too. Well, like Brian Kelly, you know, leaving Notre Dame. and all yeah. of, you know, LSU, take away that Florida State loss. They've been a huge success this year. Yep. Uh, if you were to make a prediction about Mickey Joseph, is he still on the staff next year? I think, yeah, I think if they can and he wants to, I, I believe he will be. Um, but there's a lot of other unknown elements. What other job offers can Mickey get elsewhere, whether they're assistant jobs or whatnot? Um, you know, and, and what's his relationship like with the new guy they hire? Will they, will they hit it off? Does he know the guy? I, I just think it's too hard to say for sure, but in a perfect world, I think you need to probably keep at least one or two of those guys on the staff regardless to, to keep some roster retention because there are some players that might just jump ship if you bring in 10 new coaches. Aside from Mickey, you said there's a you know you want to try to keep a couple. What other two would you say would be the most important to try to keep? I mean, it's really hard, but I think Brian Applewhite, um, naturally with Anthony Grant and AJ Allen, he brings a lot of value right there. Um, I, I I have a hard time thinking any of the UCF Frost guys would be in contention. Um, I think Bill Bush, maybe a special teams coordinator again, um, is somebody that would make sense too, but. Once again, a lot will depend on who they hire. I mean, I, yeah. Trev can't tell the new coach you need to keep this guy, that guy. That you know, he can kind of lay things out for the new guy, but that guy will ultimately still make the decision. Um, you know, and we've seen transitions here uh, when Riley was fired. Not one, not one guy was retained. Uh, not one person. The only person really in the back office that was retained was Kenny Wilhite. I mean, mm-hmm. other than that, and he was with the Pliny staff too. Mm-hmm. Um, so. We've seen complete wipeouts. We've seen um, some guys kept on board. Um, so it's all over the board how these things get done in Nebraska um, where in terms of people being kept or um, everybody cleaned out. Sean Callahan of Husker Online presented by On3. Are you getting along with Sipple okay or is he eating your food and you know sitting in your chair all the time when you come into the office? <laughs> yeah, we're having a lot of fun on the road. And, um, you know, it's, it's, been, it's been an experience traveling to some of these road games and, 
Uh, we've been close friends, best friends for over 20 years, and to, to be working together now, it's been just a blast. And um, he's such a talented writer and, and has such a handle on things. And Robin, with what he brings on basketball and all the day-to-day things, uh, we just got a, a great team of guys, and it's just fun to go to work every day when you work with yep. guys like Sip and Robin. And, yep. um, Robin's out in Colorado, by the way. I think they're getting um, murdered pretty bad by the Buffs and, and, and this charity game. What is the score? Have you seen Actually, Nebraska has uh, come it, back. They were down 24-7. They're now down 31-24. Okay, not bad. Okay, so they cut into it. They yep. cut into it. Uh, of course, uh, very talented staff. Stephen M. Sippel has joined Husker Online. Always had Robin Washington and, of course, uh, Sean Callahan. Always read your stuff. It's great stuff. Uh, thanks, Sean. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, thank you, guys. Appreciate yep. it. There you go. Sean Callahan of Husker Online. Let's get to break. Come back with more. He's Mike Melby. I'm Tim. Not Tim. I haven't changed my name. Tom Stevens. Uh, We, together, are Husker Rewind. Every Sunday, 5 to 7.